All right, guys. Our next guest is currently ranked the number eight ranked welterweight in the UFC, winner of Tough 15, UFC analyst, and currently riding a three-fight win streak. He joins us back on the program. The Maverick has landed. Michael Chiesa, welcome back to Submission Radio, arguably from probably the sickest house, a.k.a. log cabin, we've seen <laughs> in a long time. Yeah, check this out. Yeah. Look at that. Wow, look at that. That looks great. And of course, um, it's an elite house, but that's expected from a guy that brings the elite uh, sock and shoe combo to the analysis desk during every UFC event that you've worked on. Yeah. Tell us, Mike, man, how's, how's life treating you outside of what we've seen from the analyst desk? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, just been doing a lot of recovering. Um, I had surgery back in July. Um it was supposed to happen in like March or April, but with COVID, everything got postponed. So I had surgery in July. Um, it didn't go very good, and I don't want to get into the injury because I don't want to give I don't want to give any future opponent a possible advantage, knowing what I had operated on mm-hmm. and no, saying that my surgery went bad. But uh, yeah, so it was supposed to be a half hour procedure, half hour forty five minutes. It turned out to be like over six hours. So wow, went from being supposedly supposed to supposed to be on crutches for. Two to three weeks recovery would be four to six weeks. I got I was on crutches for eight weeks all summer. So I'm just trying to get healthy. I'm really trying to get myself um, back in tune to uh, to compete either by the end of the year or by January. Um, you know I'm itching to get back in there, but I gotta I gotta get myself healed. I just finally started doing some like lower extremity workouts last week. Was finally able to get some rolling a little bit. I uh, haven't been able to spar yet. I haven't gotten the green light to go back to full training, but build myself up to hopefully make that comeback before the end of the year. Mm. You must have gotten the same doctor as Luke Rockhold initially did for that leg surgery. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that, that was rough. Um, and it almost falls in that same realm of how bad it went. It was just like – wow. There was there was worries that I would have to get another operation. You know what I mean? So it, it was very scary. You know, it was uh, – it was a tough deal. The UFC was really, really pissed. Heather Linden, uh, the PT at the UFC Performance Institute, she was fuming. She's probably still really pissed off about it. <laughs> so, um, hopefully, you know, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my fiance on vacation next week. We're going or this week. We're going to Mexico. Um, kind of like is like a, I promised her a vacation before I, I started a camp. And we wanted to like we never really got to do a, a good celebration after uh, after I proposed back in February. So we're gonna go out and fish in Loreto, Mexico. I'm gonna drink some cervezas. I'm gonna catch me some fish. <laughs> it's gonna be tight. <laughs> yeah, man. It sounds it sounds like a great time. I just want to go back a little bit though, because um, I remember jumping on your Instagram and you put out that really great statement about basically explaining how you kind of wanted to wait until all the gyms are open and you, you want to be at your best when you return sort of talking about how some people can sort of make due in the current situation with COVID and you, you were looking at solutions to try and figure that out and I'm guessing that was probably just around the time that you had this uh, shoddy surgery so I'm just wondering initially before everything went bad with the surgery what was your sort of plan and and sort of timeline in making this return and Sort of, who was the guy that you were looking at and you were hoping to return against before all this stuff went sort of sideways? Well, at that time, I was looking at Burns. Um, you know, I wanted Colby, and then, you know, Burns and I were kind of, I, I feel like him and I have always kind of been on this collision course. Um, you know, even when he was at Lightweight, it's just like styles make fights, and him and me fighting is just, that's guaranteed fireworks. I mean, he's shown it. 
you know, I, I, I can, I have no problem admitting my, my deficits. I'm, 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 I can, I can fight in any type of fight, whether it's stand up or on the ground, but you know, on paper, he's got an advantage of me in the striking. He, you know, he knocked out Damian Maya. He's got an advantage on me in the grappling. You know, he's a, he's a multiple time world champion black belt, um, in jujitsu, but I have my wrestling and I have, I feel like I could negate some of his jujitsu skills with, with the way that I approach my MMA grappling. Um, you know, so that's what I kind of have my sets on, but that I made that post before I had the surgery because there was a point in time where I was like thinking maybe I'm not going to have the surgery. Um, my leg was feeling pretty good, but that's probably because I wasn't really training. You know what I mean? I couldn't, the gyms, I, you know, I live in Washington state and you know, we were locked down for a really long time. You know, I think we were locked down for like eight weeks or something. Mm. And then even after the lockdown ended, um, you know, all the like all the strength conditioning gyms were closed. I was able to get in and get some lifting at, at one gym, but I can't name the gym because I don't want them to get in trouble. But <laughs> they still didn't. They still didn't have all the equipment I needed. You know, I couldn't do. I couldn't train my jujitsu, and that was when. And at this time, when I made that post, the Burns fight was an actually. It wasn't offered, but it was actually becoming a possibility. And I was like, as in you versus Burns at the this. time. Yeah, it, and I was like, dude, I want this fight really, really bad. But I just like. I would really be shooting myself in both feet if I take a fight with a guy when I who's a arguably one of the best grapplers in the UFC and I can't even train jiu-jitsu. Like that would be like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And a lot of my training partners, they're from Seattle and from like the west side of west side of Washington. A lot of them went back home during COVID because nobody could train. So it was like, you know, I was just at this point where it was like I made that post, like guys, I don't know when I'm coming back, and that and that had nothing to do with the surgery. That was just like the current state of where I was at. Now, once the PI opened back up, I was in pretty decent shape when I showed up down there, and they looked at my leg and started. We started doing some tests and stuff, and we're like, you know, we were the the doctor had pretty much guaranteed, like, dude, this is just so minor. It's going to be like four to six weeks recovery. You know, you'll be on crutches for two weeks, maybe three at the most in and out and you'll be back hitting the ground running. And I'm like, well then let's just do it. You know what I mean? Like instead of prolonging a problem and maybe making it worse because each camp, it was getting worse and worse and, uh, it gets worse. You know, it, it just wasn't getting better, but I was like, well, I'm, I'm in good shape and I feel pretty good, you know, but I wasn't really, I was trying to piece my training together as much as I could. And they're like, dude, why don't we just get the surgery done? And by the time you're done and back, everything will be open back up and you can get into a camp. And then it's like, well, then this happened. So, um, in a sense, I regret it, you know, because it was a bad surgery and I don't really know how successful it was until I get back to training. So, um, you know, we'll see. I'm just, like I said, I'm just now starting to slowly build my leg up a little bit. Um, my strength coach here at home, we're going to have a, a, a little online consultation with both Sandoval at the PI, start talking about how we're going to go about my strength conditioning with my leg still being a little bit compromised. We're trying to put the pieces together to get me into a fight by December, January. So, you know, it, it was a really trying time around here during COVID. It just like, just really, you know, and it's the same for everybody, but it really punched the wind out of, out of my sails and, you know, it was, it was, it was tough, man. That it sounds like you made the right decision and that Mexico trip mm -hmm. can't come soon enough. Definitely sounds like uh, you need it and deserve it for, for yourself and the family. Um, but just on yeah. burns, it'll be interesting to see if you guys do, you know, end up having that fight somewhere down the line. I'm curious whether you think, you know, it'll, it'll be him as a champion or, you know, how do you think he does against Masvidal? Uh, Masvidal. How do you think he does against Usman? Uh, cause it looks like that fight is coming up 
I think around December. It'd be interesting to see if you you uh, end up on the same card as him. Oh, now see, and that's that was kind of the goal, and it's like you always want to get on, especially when you're ranked. You want to get on the same card as when the guys and the champions of your weight class, the champion of your weight class when he's fighting. That's the card you want to get on because, as we know in the MMA world, crazy shit happens all the time, and some of these guys get their, some of these guys get their shot at the greatest opportunity in the world to fight for world title, on 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 you know somebody getting pulled from a fight or like especially in December, what if somebody gets a positive COVID test? Mm. You know what I mean? What if what if Usman falls out and they need the, they're gonna bump the highest ranked guy? That's usually how it goes. Whoever the highest ranked guy is on the card, that's who they bump up. And, uh, you know, uh, who knows? So, but like I said, I can't rush it. It's still a good distance of time away. I think it's like 11 weeks out from now, but I'm still not back to full sparring. So, you know, and I told my manager, like, I can't, I'm not booking a fight until I'm cleared. And if that means I missed an opportunity on some good matchups, so be it. I got to make sure that I'm a hundred percent. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't have the mental capacity to book a fight if, if I, if I can't train at 100%, I, can't, I don't have the mental capacity to book a fight 11 weeks out and like and hopefully be ready by the time I start an eight-week camp. That's just I, – I would lose my freaking marbles. And, uh, you know, everything can't be perfect. But the question – the, when it comes to Burns and Usman, you're going to bring out the, the analyst in me. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. There's a reason why. Look, if, we, if you're training at a, at, a, at a powerhouse camp like, like Sanford MMA – you know, you're going to run into the problem where, where, where Usman, Burns, Luke A, you got multiple guys in the same weight class that are ranked training together. You're going to run into that problem. We saw it back in the day with, with AKA Fitch, Koscheck, and, uh, and, and Swig. Um, but there's a reason, I feel like. There's a reason. We, in all those instances where teammates have been at the top of the heap but won't fight each other, maybe it's because the champion's kicking the, everyone else's ass. But in this sense, it's like, Maybe there's stuff, something happening in the training room that we don't know about. Mm. You know what I mean? U- Us- I know Usman helped Burns out a lot for the Woodley camp. How did the Woodley camp go? How did Burns do against Usman when they actually were specifically locking ha- horns all the time against each other? You know what I mean? Like being very, you know, Usman was being a very specific training partner. What happened in those training sessions? Was there a mutual agreement between them? Like, hey, you know, if you beat Woodley, you're probably going to be a number one contender. Like, did they talk about this? There's there's a, there's a lot of things that we don't know about in regards to this matchup, but there's a reason why Burns asked for it, and I'm, I'm curious to know what it is. Was it a mutual agreement, or was maybe Burns was he maybe he's getting the better of him in training? Who knows? Uh, I think the truth will come out on December 12th. Mm, yeah, obviously the management situation helps as well with Ali managing a lot of these guys and a lot of these guys sort of fighting each other. Let me ask you though, man, because this weekend. Colby Covington does take on Tyron Woodley. And I know a part of you, I mean, you mentioned it before, a part of you kind of would wish that you were in that main event against Colby Covington this coming weekend because it would be such a fun fight. But taking yourself... That's that's the fight I want more than any is is the Colby fight. I mean, for now, you're going to be putting on your analyst hat and looking at it from that perspective. I'm just curious, what do you think... (laughs) There it is there. I'm curious, what do you think we're going to see from this fight that's been coming for a really, really long time, do you oh, believe boy. Colby Covington gets it done, or does Tyron Woodley bring back the Woodley of old and, and get this W? All right, you got me fired up. So I'm gonna talk <laughs> with my hands a lot here. So I gotta get my I gotta get my phone. Bring out up. the Italian. Here in we you. go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> when it comes to a Colby Covington fight, well, let, let me rewind. Let's talk about Tyron Woodley first. Arguably the best welterweight of all time. I don't. I wouldn't put him ahead of GSP, but you could argue that Tyron is one of the best welterweight champions of all time. Um, amazing win streak. You know, that Darren Till fight, he showed he can beat these young contenders. Um, you know, but then he ran into Kamar Usman. And Kamar Usman, you know, he out-wrestled him. He out-grappled him. And, you know, that's when, when you're a guy in the position as Tyron Woodley and you're knocking people out, you know, you don't really have to train your grappling as much. But enter Colby Covington. <laughs> in order to beat Colby Covington, and this is from my standpoint, this is my opinion, um, People might disagree, you know, but, you know, I look at this not only as an analyst, but also as a competitor because I, I, I envision myself fighting him a lot. In order to beat Colby Covington, you have to push yourself through a really, really, really hard training camp, a really hard training camp. This is a guy that so my my high school wrestling coach, his brother was one of Colby's wrestling coaches at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. So I've known about Colby before he before he ever got into fighting because Kevin would tell me like we got this Colby Covington kid back at Oregon State and uh, he's like got a third lung he's just got natural cardio like this kid does not get tired and he he used to win a lot of wrestling matches off off of just being you know he's a good technician but he was just always a step ahead in the cardio department fast forward to now. That is applied to all of his fights. I mean, he's he sets a ridiculous pace, and he can hold it from bell to bell. In order to be – so like I said, in order to beat Colby Covington, you have to have a very, very hard training camp. You have to have the type of training camp where five five-minute rounds of just strictly getting up off the fence, getting up off the bottom. Like it's, it's like you, you really have to put yourself through the meat grinder. There's, there's other camps where it's, you go through like a little bit more of a technical approach. You know what I mean? Like – like I can honestly say, uh, when I trained for Diego Sanchez, I trained for the Diego Sanchez of old. I, I put myself through a really, really hard training camp because I was preparing for that guy that's very resilient and is always in the fight, bell to bell. That was a that was a more challenging camp than others. So I don't know. I can't say I'm not going to come out and say that Tyron's lost the hunger because maybe it takes. You know, maybe he thought that he could buzz through Burns pretty easy and and and, and underestimated him. Um, but I think that Woodley knows how tough Colby is from, from training with him before. And that was an instant where, I mean, if you think about it, there's a reason probably why Colby was calling for the fight with Tyron forever. And it probably has a lot to do with what went down in the training session. So, Mm. um, it's going to be really interesting to find out if Tyron put in that type of camp, did Tyron put himself through the camp necessary to be, to be, to be Colby Covington? We'll find out on the 19th, but, um, you know, I, I think it, there's a there's a strong pro, there's a strong probability that Colby wins. A lot of people wondering what's on the line for the guys who win this weekend. And you know, we've got a guy in Leon Edwards who just can't get a fight in the division. And then you've got these guys in a really high profile matchup. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, is this a fight for the next title shot, or do you think Leon Edwards is somehow involved in the in, in the plans for that? How do you sort of shake out the division in your mind? They're going to make, uh, from from my inside information, and I'm a mole. I'm a nosy guy. <laughs> yes. I'm so nosy. love you moles. See, you, see this, you see this huge nose? Mm-hmm. I'm a nosy guy. <laughs> I like to pry my nose into everybody's business because I got to know the details about everything. It drives me up the wall. 
I don't think Leon's going to get the title shot next. I think they're going to make him fight someone else. And that's a fight. Look, I don't, I don't even ask for Leon because I feel it's out of line. He's won eight fights in a row. He should be fighting for the title. You know what I mean? Like I've only won three in a row, but that's the guy I would welcome a fight with. I'm, I'm really gunning for the top of the heap. I want to fight guys ranked ahead of me. I've, Look, I've been in the UFC for almost nine years. I've fought prospects. I've fought veterans. I've fought former champions. I've fought first ballot Hall of Famers. I've fought a laundry list. Every type of person in any position in the fight game, I have fought. Um, so I'm really aiming ahead. So if it, it, Leon Edwards is a fight, I would welcome. I, I like that fight a lot. Okay, good. Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, Leon's having a hard time having people accept fights against him. So it's good to see that someone's actually putting their hand up. And I like the way that you did it kind of respectfully. Um, but while we've got you and your analyst hat on, Michael, I'm just curious what, how you see. Uh, ha- <laughs> yeah, there it is. It's, it's strapped on. Comes at Shimeyev this weekend against uh, Gerald Mearshart. I'm wondering how you see this one going. I mean, he's got the crazy double booking. They want him to fight Demi Mai next, which, up oh, the dog's excited for this this fight as well. I know, they are. They love the wolf. I mean, they're all about him. <laughs> do, you, do, do you see Gerald um, giving Shemaev, you know, maybe a bit of an upset, maybe a hard time, or how do you see this one playing out? Well, I mean, UFC is rolling. It's a big gamble both ways, both fights. It's just a big gamble for multiple reasons. I mean, a, Gerald's no slouch. He's lost some fights, but if there's anybody that, that could really give Chimaev problems is somebody that is in, in you know outside the top 15 in middleweight. He, Gerald could give him problems. Gerald has – he's tied for the most submissions at middleweight next to Damian Maya. Um, you know, he's got striking skills. He's a, he's a staple at Duke Rufus's camp. Um, Rufus Sport. He's a staple at Rufus Sport. So he's got striking skills, and he's got ground skills. Um but, you know, Chimaev with the crazy pace, the crazy wrestling, the, the Dagestani handcuffs, as they call it. Mm. I almost don't like saying that. I just like saying wrist traps. But <laughs> this, for him, everybody says the Dagestani handcuffs. Um, Mirchark could give him problems. Um, and then right after that, I think win or lose, it doesn't matter. I think that they're, 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 he's going to get the Damian Maya fight. And that's another guy where age, unless Chimaev is going to keep Maya on the feet, if you try to do what he's done these last two fights to Damian Maya, I don't know if that's going to work because you got to like Damian Maya is a guy you got to you got to be wary when you approach him with grappling because he is very very crafty. He's very very good, and Damian Maya's game if if he get if it gets into the type of fight that he fights that he shines in, it favors an older guy because Damian he might be getting a little slower. He, you know, his reaction time might be getting a little, a little less with each year that goes by, but he's still getting stronger and he's still getting better at jujitsu. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big gamble for the UFC and Shamayev. You know, what if he goes 0 2 in these two fights? He's going to, the UFC is going to get ridiculed for really not building this guy up properly. But, it, you know, I, only the only way to find out is to just let him do what he does and that's fight as frequently as he has been uh these last two fights and they're gonna do it again so um may the best man win you know what i mean if if if, if mirchart wins or uh, you know if if, if mirchart loses and then shamayev loses to maya like that's fine you know what i mean but though you would hope that pray to god this kid doesn't go oh and two in these fights mm. or it's just like 
you know, you this is a guy you could really build up. You know what I mean? Like, so we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? But that'd be an exciting guy to launch into the into the top of the heap at 170. You know what I mean? I love. Hey, I'm 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 ready to test myself against good grapplers. I'm all about it. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, he beats Maya and happens to jump ahead of me in the rankings. I'm all over that. You know what I mean? Nice. If it's a, if it's a guy that it's a prospect, even if they're a prospect. If it's somebody ranked ahead of me, I'm all over it. You know what I mean? And if he wins these next two fights, his stock is going to go through the roof and he's going to have a he, – he will be a household name and I will welcome that fight with open arms. Man, so many fun possibilities for you on your return. I just can't wait uh, till November, December to see you back, man. But while we're, we're talking about the middleweight division just quickly uh, and we want to go back to the analyst hat that you've still got on right now. Uh, Adesanya versus Costa goes down Ooh. next weekend in the middleweight division. Man, this fight is just absolute pure fire. People just, you know, everybody, a lot of people are picking Adesanya to win this one, but there's a lot of variables here with Costa that people are looking to see once it goes down at Fight Island. And I'm just curious, from your perspective, how do you think it goes down? How do you think, who do you think wins it? Um, well, you got a guy... If there's anybody that can march forward and absorb damage and just push a pace and break someone, it's going to be Costa. But I just think that this matchup is a little more tailor-made for for Adesanya than people give him credit for. I mean, this is a guy, he is a sharpshooter. I mean, Costa's all about the hooks, the the big body shots, the big hooks. And for a guy like Izzy, he's going to step back and he's going to slide back half a step and he's going to counter with straight punches. So, um I think that this fight is tailor made for Israel Adesanya. As long as this, as long as the smaller octagon doesn't interfere with his movement, I see him winning this fight pretty handedly. Well, there you go. If the UFC aren't using uh, sound bites from you as one of the talking heads for the promos, I mean, what 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 are they even thinking? Um, just I know, dude. I'm I'm ready to go. Let him know. I'll, you must be wearing the elite socks, the elite socks and shoe combo right now. We've got one more <laughs> the for Rolling you. Stone, the Rolling Stone socks? Oh, dude, I only – those are for special occasions. <laughs> yeah. I get so much shit. I get so much shit from my from my manager. He he hates the, the, the loud shoe sock combo. And I'm like, dude, I got to make some waves. You know what I'm saying? Everybody if, – if you're working the desk regularly, everybody can speak well. You got to do something to set yourself out from the rest. Come on, Danny. Michael's thinking outside the box and, and <laughs> submission radio approved. Yeah. We've got one more for you and then we'll get out of your hair, Michael, because I know you've been doing a ton of interviews today already. Um, maybe the toughest one yet, and that is Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. I'm just curious how you see this one going. Another really, really anticipated fight, uh, you know, for the lightweight belt. That's a hard fight for me to pick on because I, I, I feel like before, I mean, the instinctive reaction is Khabib. You're just like Khabib for sure. That's the instinctive reaction. That's the knee jerk reaction is to, to take Khabib. Um, and I've been, you know. This is just a fight I can't do that with yet. I need to go back, and because I'm working the desk for this, this will be my first pay per view. I'll oh, be working nice. the desk for for for, yeah. So I'm really excited to I like I am going to dive deeper into this fight than I have any other fight. Like I, like I want to go back and I want to find Justin's wrestling matches. I want to talk to his wrestling coaches. Like I'm I'm going to go out of my way to really dig in on this matchup because I'm not saying Justin cannot wrestle Khabib, but what I am saying is. My opinion on Khabib from from a competitor standpoint, because I you know I I used to be a lightweight, and you know there, we actually I I I got offered to fight Khabib when Tony Ferguson got hurt for the Tampa show. They asked they wanted me to fill in, but I had been spent my whole camp training for a Southpaw Jiu Jitsu guy, and I was like, 
it was that would be stupid mm. you know what i mean i felt yeah. like i could definitely win the Benil fight so i stuck with it but you know i've had i i had my eye on khabib for a long time so as a as a competitor i feel the way to beat khabib is you have to stay moving on the ground you have to stay moving you have to constantly change but you cannot accept and concede a position one time or the fight's over the second that you decide to ease up maybe go to your back and go to guard the fight's over you know what i mean you have to try to scrape up on the fence you have to keep trying to get up like almost like what abel trujillo did when abel trujillo fought him he kept getting up he kept moving he kept the fight moving but the problem is he doesn't have good grappling chops you know he he was like a junior college all-american i feel like if you can stay moving against khabib you can negate a little bit of that grappling and you can maybe wear him down a little bit i think gaethje's gonna push khabib in a way he hasn't been pushed yet and we don't know what, what, what where Khabib's mental state is. May his father rest in peace. I my condolences to the Nurmega Madoff family and everybody in the combat sports world that was affected by the loss of, of Khabib's father. Mm. But we don't know his mental state. I lost my dad one day into the tough t- competition, and mm. I feel like it gave me motivation. It elevated my game. It made me fight harder than I ever have in my life. But b- b- after going through that, it, it dawned on me like you you go through the loss of a parent. During your competitive, you know, phase of your of your life, only two things can happen: you're either going to elevate your game and fight harder than you did before, or you're going to go, you're going to digress. Mm. And I don't know, we don't know where Khabib's headspace is at, you know. But I think that he's 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 a fiery competitor. He's going to fight in spirit of his father, and that's an intangible that you can't train for. Is 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 Khabib going to bring out some extra fire to fight in his dad's honor? There's only one way to find out. These guys got to fight. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating fight. And, of course, Justin Gaethje probably not falling for the mystique of Khabib like a lot of fighters have in the past. Almost that Mike Tyson mystique where uh, fighters get beaten mentally before they even step in the octagon with Khabib. You know, Gaethje knows him well. They have the same manager. It's going to be fascinating to see how this one plays out. But, Michael, as we finish up, let's finish up on this. So the plan is to return hopefully in December. We have this slew, this options, the options in the division for you as to who to come back against. Finish. Let's finish it off like this. In a perfect world scenario, Michael Chiesa is back in December, maybe January. Give us an opponent name. Ideally, who would be the perfect opponent for the big Michael Chiesa return? I think the guy, like I said, I'm lobbying for the guys ahead of me. I, I reserve the right. You know what I mean? I fought contenders. I fought everybody. I fought every type of fighter in every type of phase of their career. Um, I feel like, and I, I hate saying this because he's so damn nice. <laughs> he's the nicest guy. In, he's the nicest guy in the sport. And you guys probably already know who I'm going to say. Yeah. The NMF. The NMF. <laughs> He's dude. He's an awesome guy. I mean, we're talking about one of the most genuinely nice guys in the sport. One of the one of the true good guys of the sport. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I think that's a fight that really makes sense. Uh, like I said, I'm lobbying for for the guys ahead of me. Um, I think that's a fight that makes sense. Um, and he's a hell of a guy. I'm not. I'm not. This isn't some call out. Something out of disrespect. I'm just talking from like a sensible standpoint. I think Wonderboy makes sense. Um, you know. But we'll, we'll also we'll see what what shakes out from this weekend. You know, you got you got Woodley and, and, and Colby. What if Tyron beats Colby and Colby falls down the ladder? You know what I mean? He he's got to fight someone like me. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of uh, there's still some fights that need to happen. Let things shake out. But uh, I think just the way things are now, I think I think Wonder Boy makes sense. But you know, we'll see what happens. What what if Chimaev wins these next two fights? 
you know, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't mind. I would. I wouldn't mind Shemayev. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I want. I want guys ahead of me. I want big household names. Um, you know, and I think that's fun. The the always. I'm always looking for the the greatest challenge. You know what I mean? And and, and I feel like uh, you know, or maybe Burns loses to you know, but that's in December. But you know. Burns maybe loses to Usman, falls off, and he wants to bounce back in January. If that's when I got to come back, maybe we do that. Who knows? There's a lot of, a lot of moving parts. But I think the just as the way things are now, I think that that Wonder Boy might be the guy. Mm. And that, well, that's a great fight, and there's a lot of options for you, Mike. Follow the man on social media at MikeMav22. Uh, do best of luck with obviously the injury healing up. We hope that the surgery is a success, and uh, you're healthy and, and ready and come back at the end of the year. And uh, obviously, have fun in Mexico, man. You definitely deserve it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's good to hear from you again. Thanks, Mike. Catch ya. Bye-bye.